Welcome to Multiple Offers, a real estate show with competing perspectives. Today we are talking about pets and the problems with pets. Put that coffee down. If you're good at something, never do it for free. How'd you get the gig? Oh, you know, they were hiring. It was only a two-week course. I will sell this house today. What are you, some kind of real estate agent? Oh, he's a realtor. There is a difference somehow. This is Multiple Offers, a real estate show. All right. Problems with pets. (laughs) (laughs) Interrupting cow. (laughs) You like that hook? (laughs) Did it get you? Yeah. Triggered a little bit. Yeah. Excellent. No, we're not the problems of having a pet, but some of the problems that come with having a pet when you're looking for a home, which is what we're going to talk about today. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Fine. If our listeners could see Matt's face, he is ready to defend (laughs) pets all over the world. (laughs) Matt and I are in camp pet. Are you kicking me because my pet died? What are you? Well, I just you don't have a you don't have a pet. I yeah, because my pet passed away, Jared. It's not that I don't like want a pet. Four years ago. That's not even close to true. I know. I'm full of, <laughs> full of lies. Grinding gears. Um. So, guys. Okay. Episode sixty six. Lucky sixty six. Lucky sixty six. We're, we're going to be talking all about pets today and what's going on, what you need to know if you're buying a condo with a pet, if you're buying a house with a pet, what you need to know if you're selling a property with a pet. But before we get into that, what's going on? Matt? It's like how I just deflected that. Yeah. <laughs> I got nothing. Yeah. You got nothing? I mean, it was my birthday. I'm a little bit older. I oh, went swimming good. a lot in the ocean, and I can confirm climate change. The ocean feels warmer. <laughs> Scientific evidence. You, you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> it just, it feels a bit warmer. Okie doke. Just going to say that. Happy birthday, Jer. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, happy birthday. I had some interesting interactions after the long weekend. I got emails from a couple of people I've spent some time working with. One I spent a lot of time working with as a buyer, and another we had just sort of started the idea of buying a place. And Is this a happy story no, or it's a sad no, well, story? Well, it's, it's not good for our business. They both emailed to say we won't be buying something. Oh, right? that's too bad. Um, but it's the nature of our business, so I bring it up mm-hmm. because it's just, like one of them was, well, we started communicating about two weeks ago. He's a past client, wanted to buy a second condo, kind of as a crash pad. Yeah. Right. And so I just went through and I gave our professional advice. This is the reality of what you're trying to do. Right. Right. You could rent or you can buy something and your budget is going to put you into something a little bit older. So these are all the considerations you have to take in with strata fees, more expensive as the building gets older, but the acquisition price is cheaper. And then projects, special levies, all that kind of stuff. And he added up all the numbers and he said, okay, we've spent a lot of time sort of working through it and considering what rental would be and all the rest of it. Really appreciate your professional advice and it doesn't make sense for us to buy. So we're not going to. So you just talked us out of one of our buyers. <laughs> okay. But I looked at that and I sent the message. I said, well, you've you've made a, a sound decision that, mm-hmm. that that works for you and, and that's that's what I'm here to do, right? Matt, you're a good realtor. <laughs> I Yeah, Matt, thanks. And thanks for letting me know this on the show and not, you know, <laughs> behind our closed doors I, when we're talking about our business. I always think that the way to look at sales ethically is to think of sales as education and then help them make the decision that's right for them. And and sometimes the right decision isn't to sell, which... Uh, yeah, or, or to buy in this case. Yeah. 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 Sorry, uh, buy. But I, yeah, I think, I mean, you did right by your client and 
hopefully that comes around someday when when the timing is right. Yeah, I think so. And it's yeah. and it's not that I was trying to talk them out of buying. Yeah, uh, I just told them the facts. I said, well, if we're going to do this, you yeah. know, I recommend probably something younger mm-hmm. because I just gave them like an example and I said, here's two homes that cost different prices. But if we take the strata fees into account, your total monthly cost, right. it's actually cheaper to buy the older or the younger one. I mean, yeah. The more expensive, younger one is a cheaper overall cost of ownership. So keep that in mind. Anyway, their net result was not buying. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. And the other one, you know, the guy's a good friend. He's been a friend for a long time and it turned out he got uh, a job offer out of town. So he won't be buying something in town and and off he goes. But it's just a little indicator, just talking point of the the nature of our business, right? We can can spend time, we can give our advice and help guide people through this. But at the end, sometimes it's, it's all for nothing. Yep. Yep, for sure. What's going on with Jeff? Well, I had an interesting home inspection. And I think there's probably a lesson to be learned for for people who are listening that are thinking of selling. So this is a home in New West that should have sold months ago, but didn't, not because their price was off, but the other reason homes don't sell the way it showed, it didn't show nearly as well as it as it should have. And I think there was a fair bit of latent value in this home because when you get there, it was crowded with stuff. It was pretty, pretty not well taken care of. Um, but we wrote an offer on it and we had the home inspection. And there's a crawl space that the home inspector is going down to inspect. Mm-hmm. Carpet in the crawl space and covered in boxes everywhere. The inspector could barely move around. Right. <laughs> and he leaned down. He's a big, tall guy, like a lot of home. In- a lot of home inspectors are big guys. <laughs> and he just sighs. And he, he's like, I got to put my knee pads on for this one. <laughs> he puts his knee pads on and he's climbing around there. And he's down there probably for about 20 minutes. And all I hear is constant swearing. <laughs> he is pissed. And he comes out of there just angry as hell. And I'm thinking, oh, man, he found some bad stuff. And then he goes and he does the rest of the inspection. And the clients arrive at the end to debrief. And he opens with, after climbing around in that place, in the crawl space, with them leaving everywhere and making it so hard for me to do my job, I wanted to hate this house. And luckily, the house was in very good condition because he went through the report and and it actually, despite how it showed, was well taken care of over the years. These people had done all the right things, taking care of the bones. Ooh, the grandma-grandpa stuff. Yeah. Like scheduled furnace maintenance to the day. Totally, yeah. But they, never put a coat of paint on anything. Right. <laughs> and never cleaned up or didn't... I don't on the know interior. If, I don't know they if they're... The outside dialed in. I don't know if their realtor didn't advise them or if they just didn't take the advice, but there are five... Like it's a, it's a big family living in the house and they weren't moving anything to sell. They were not doing any of the, the prep. So the crawl space wasn't just their stuff getting ready to sell. It was just, they had over, there no, was like they, full they were just, just five adults living in one house and yeah. there's way too much stuff. And yeah. we've talked about this before, the most important showing way back when, Yeah. but it really put it in like, I don't know this inspector. He's not an inspector I normally work with, but he was making a joke. But legitimately, he meant it. There was truth. <laughs> that inspector was mad that they didn't make his job easy. And if there had been stuff, 
he was going to harp all over. He it. was going to deliver wow. it in the bad way. Yeah, yeah, and and we talked about that in the inspection episode, where where I remember vividly saying like, make the inspector's job easy. Yes, things like, and I didn't think of like a crawl space, but under your sink, it's usually full of stuff, totally. right? And it's yeah. like, they need to go in there and look. It's such an important place, bathrooms and kitchens. They don't want to dig through all your junk under the sink. Yeah, make their life easy. You so keep that guy happy. So, so yeah. tidy it up and either have it empty or I say to people, like, have like two bins. So all he has to do is slide out like two yeah, boxes. for sure. <laughs> put them on the floor right beside him, do his job and put two boxes back in. Yeah. Right? You know, because well, yeah, when they get grumpy, <laughs> you know, totally. we're all like that. We're all human, right? You yeah. get the wrong chemicals mixing around for a couple hours and... Yeah. The way you deliver that information at the end is well, not and, going to be good. And you can deliver the same information in a couple different ways and have it, the impact of it be very, very different. Yeah, and that's to the seller's benefit. They need to really be paying attention to that. That's a, that's a good extra plus one on that one, crawl space full <laughs> stuff. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I was thinking too, this time of year when it's really warm out, I feel so bad for inspectors when they have to go in the attics. Oh, yeah. Because well, it's like 110 degrees in there. Yeah. And th- this house was pretty lucky on that aspect too. He was also swearing while he was up in the attic. <laughs> and they'd done it, do it their self-air conditioning where they'd vented it up into the attic. And I thought for sure, like, okay, this is going to be a real problem. Like I was, I was ready to go back to the negotiating table over issues with the attic because we've seen what a pain that Like a portable be. portable unit? They, they installed a portable unit but it had its own venting. But they vented, they vented it up straight through right the, the, the drywall yeah. and up and out. Yeah. It's oh, um, a great idea. Inspe- <laughs> <laughs> Writing that one down. <laughs> Inspector didn't like it, but luckily enough, they hadn't done it so long ago that like no damage was done yet. His advice was, get that out of here. This is Mickey Mouse garbage. <laughs> but um, but no, no damage done. Wow. Okay. Well, that's all right. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So that's uh, that was my week. <laughs> Um, so Jeff actually closed a deal and made money and I said goodbye to my very nice clients. Oh, (laughs) and on topic for our point, um, so homeowner did not leave for the inspection, for the inspection, the whole thing for the whole thing. Gross. And left their yappy little dog who followed the inspector around barking at him. Oh my God. That's the worst. Great, great segue. (laughs) Thank you, Jack. Let's get nuts. You decide your own level of involvement. Well, I guess this is a case where we'll have to agree to disagree. I don't agree to that. Neither do I. Wrong. National debt. Wrong. Wrong. Advocate. Wrong. With that money, you lost wrong. Very nice words, but happens to be wrong. You're listening to Multiple Offers, a real estate show. I wanted to talk about this. Mm-hmm. Just in general about pets. What? Where was the origin of this? Because you you texted this to us, and I thought yeah. I think it's a great conversation. But okay. what what sparked? All right. This? Well, two 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 sort of levels to this. One is I'm constantly trying to figure out show topic ideas. Sure. And sometimes <laughs> I look for inspiration. The tyranny of show topics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'm in my kitchen, and I'm like, I, I gotta I gotta contribute because I haven't really come up with a show idea in a while. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm keeping score, and it was your turn. <laughs> So I was feeling a little bit of pressure and I'm looking around. I'm like, something will just inspire me. I'm looking around. I saw the bag of dog food. <laughs> and I was like, pets, dogs, dogs. What can we talk about dogs? Oh, there's lots we can talk about dogs. Totally. Okay. Yeah. Bam. And I just sent the message and, and that was it. But the other reason is that 
I have had a dog in my life almost my entire life with the exception of a couple years in my mid-20s. Right. So I had my own dog when I was in my early 20s and I was a bad pet owner and it was overall a bad situation. So I found the dog a new, much better home. Right. And then a few years later, once Liz and I were kind of settled and we owned our home, we got our one of our dogs that we have now. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and And I think that's such an important part because we talk about the idea of like, oh, why should people buy a lot of the time instead of renting like young people? And there's a lot of lifestyle things that go around with having a pet. But part of it is is having the control of being able to have your pet and not have a landlord tell you you can't or whatever right. it is. But you have to choose a strata that allows yeah. the pet. Now you get a strata <laughs> that says that you can't have one. But you get the choice up front, right? You got to think about that sort of going into it. So it just sort of is, it sat with me that way too because it's something that is really common with a lot of young people and it becomes more and more common with strata as renters are looking for rights with pets and it's so complicated sure so many so many young people now have dogs and they're trying to rent would you say dogs are more trendy than cats right now it's an interesting question (laughs) don't have the stats well we went we did go through a time when there were there was like a fashion statement where where pets were actually something that you was like an accessory you had you're what? talking about the like <laughs> the, the, tiny, re- the, the Reese tiny, Witherspoon legally yeah. blonde put my the chihuahua in the little, purse thing. The tiny little dogs, yeah. <laughs> just I'm just saying, I, I it seems like there are more more dog dogs. Now people. the complication starts with Strata when you're young and it's like your first purchase and all the rest of it. But when you already own a pet and it's an integral part of your life at that point and you're buying a house or you're selling a house, there's a lot that goes into that too. Even though you're the sole owner and you can essentially, you know, live in the home how you want. There's a few municipal pet bylaws, but most people, they're not affected by that. Right. But let's talk about how it works in, in houses then. Okay. Well, one that's universal, and Jeff already brought this one up, is, you know, for showings and things like that. If you can, if you know you've got a showing, take, take if it's a dog, take it to doggy daycare. If it's nice, if it's not at the home when you're doing... Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Don't, don't have... It was yeah. there for the inspector. Um I mean, even if even if it's fine, not that you're going to erase all traces of having a pet in that property, but uh, it, it just makes it easier. You're not worried about like losing it if someone leaves a door open. Uh, a little trickier with cats. I don't think they have cat daycare. <laughs> no, but I mean, most cats are going to just hide under the bed or maybe say hi. And I think if you've got a cat that's going to be bad for showings, you know. Like, I, I think I talked about it on the show. You, the, you had the one that was like a cat. stealth cat. Yeah. Yeah. And if you've got an escape cat or an attack cat, um, <laughs> then you should probably get those cats out of there. Um, but the majority of cats are mostly, most of them just hide under the bed. You'd never even know there was a cat. Yeah. I, I think the one thing cat owners have to be very careful of when they're selling. And I owned cats um, my whole life growing up. My mom always had a cat. Hmm. And um, so I, I'm part of this club. This isn't a criticism, but it's very common for cat owners to get desensitized to the smell of the litter box. Hmm. And I think you need to be very vigilant because non-cat owners are going to be really turned off and maybe not even know what the smell is yeah. when they walk in. And 
you know, we've talked a lot on the show about first impressions of a home. And if the first impression is, ugh, it stinks. And, and a lot of times too, it's, it's, it's like the litter box because it is, it's where they go to the bathroom. All of a sudden the house smells like this cat has gone to the bathroom somewhere in this house in places that are not the litter box, even though it's a lot of times it's just emanating from, from the litter box. Yeah. People assume the whole house smells like it. That's a good yeah, point. And, and I don't know if it's, I don't know how often people change. I'm, I guess I would take it like several days if you're not doing showings and things like that. But if you do have a showing, it needs to be like cleaned right up to the minute or whatever before you leave the house if no one's coming back. And uh, an even better if is put it outside if we can, if that's an option for you. Um, just try and get it out because because you know the cat's going to be going to the bathroom while you're gone and, and making a mess. Yeah, I think probably more common behavior with cat owners is not to clean the litter box every day. Yeah. Um, but it's probably a good habit when you're selling is to do it every day, even if you don't have a showing, just so the odor doesn't build up. Give yourself a chance. Yeah. I have a question about what Jer said, and it's been so long since I had a cat. Can you move the litter box and that not disrupt their sort of... Like, we never never did that <laughs> when I was a kid, so I don't know. But, like, if you move the litter box, is the cat still going to try to pee where the litter box is? Or is it smart enough that it'll... We've had some people that just, they actually, if they're around, they'll take the cats into cat carriers. Um, so if they do step out for a showing, they're yeah. they're bringing them out. I mean, that is, for us, that's the, the ideal thing. But that's the animal, not the litter box. <laughs> yeah, but in that case, you move the litter box. It's not looking for a litter box. I think Jeff's point was, if you move it, is it going to be like, this is where my litter box is, is typically, right, it's not like, here now. Go I don't care. I'm still going to the bathroom. Where the litter there. box was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. So if you move the litter box and you take the cat out, you eliminate that risk. You should be able to get rid of a good, good chunk of that sort of just airborne, airborne smell. And it's, it's off putting. And like Jeff said, um, you get desensitized to it. I'm sure my house has a bit of a dog smell that I don't smell. Um, I definitely get stinky dog smell in my house sometimes. You yeah. got it's you not got just, hairy dogs. It's though, not too. just the litter box. It's just they're just stinky dogs. Yeah, yeah. They're out of the park. They roll around in the mud. Nothing like that wet dog smell. <laughs> <laughs> what about two? I guess both dogs and cats. I think it, from a selling perspective, you have to be really vigilant with um, fur. Like there's a lot of cleanup of that you kind of don't notice on a day to day, but just shedding everywhere right you got to be really on top of that stuff which can be be difficult yeah it's it's just it's going to be tons more work daily cleaning things that uh just having a pet in general going through the the sale sale process yeah i think i think a lot of people understand how hard it's going to be to clean and and they do a pretty good job like when we when we're working with sellers with pets they definitely yeah go to an extra level to do the best that they can I think what they what is most important for people to hear if you're a pet owner is is to find a solution to get the pet out of the house if that's not on your radar right now. The hardest is when we're doing a showing like midday when you know yeah. the owners are at work and they're like, "Well, my dog's at home all day and my dog is very comfortable at home all day." Yeah. I ha- I have in the past walked dogs for showings. Yeah, walk the dog, <laughs> take the dog out. It's like I'll let the the people in with the buyers with their agent and I'll let introduce them to the home and then I'll walk off with the dog on a leash. Um, or like Jer said, there's doggy daycare, which wasn't a thing 10 years ago so much, but it seems like most people now have a daycare their dogs are yeah. familiar with. I have no or idea. Or dog walker. Dog walker, yeah. And we've we've got a fantastic <laughs> dog walker who uh, listens to the show regularly. That's right. Shout you, out to Deirdre. <laughs> Actually, get... I think Deirdre might have just changed careers. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, oh. she got um, 
cool job, uh, I believe, with some sort of animal hospital. I, I don't know the details. She was telling so me So we about shouldn't it. plug her business. Well, Deirdre, if you are still walking dogs and I am misinformed, send me a message and we'll give you a great plug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... Getting the, the pets out of the house is so important, and yeah. that can be complicated. So maybe talk with your agent and ask for ideas on how to do it. But we can't be turning away showings because the, the dog is home. And you can't have a dog barking during the whole showing. The, the dog that's like in its little kennel, they're like, oh, my dog's like crate trained. Yeah. It's, it's happy in there. And then you get there, and the whole showing is barking. Well, yeah. and, and I think something pet owners take for granted is how scary pets can be for some people. Right. Like, there are people who are terrified of dogs. And if if that's what they're thinking about while they're walking through your home, they're not paying attention to your home. Do, do you guys remember Theo from uh, BC Floor Plans? Did yeah. you guys ever have him? The photographer? The photographer. He doesn't work for them anymore. No, I've never used them for photos. Oh, okay. Um, I, I use BC Floor Plans. I think they're great. But uh, they hired a photographer for a while who was deathly afraid of animals. And it's really hard to photograph listings when you're terrified. Like, I had this one listing where there were these little dogs, like pugs. And he was frozen. Like, he could not <laughs> move. And I'm there to control that. But now think about the buyer when they walk in. If you get somebody who's like that photographer, they're not thinking about buying your home. They're terrified of that really scary pug it's going to get them, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What, what about for, for buyers? Is there things we should be talking about that a buyer should be thinking about? I, th- I think, it, it, I mean, like we get it with smoking where someone's like, I'm allergic to smoke or, or yeah. don't. And, and you can't tell from pictures, obviously, that a place is like that. But if there is something that is like very something you either feel really strongly about or if it's an allergy and that could be like I'm very allergic to cats when we should probably it's something that we should know about as your buyer's agents um, and and just filtering a little bit further with the properties be like okay this is your short list these are kind of the five you really like right now let me just dig in a little bit because I don't want you to go in there like I can't even go in this property because my we've had it before people like they're stuffed up sneezing like eyes watering like there's a cat here like so is that a problem yeah I'm really allergic okay Thank you. That's something we're going to need to... It's not as often, but uh, it definitely can be a concern. That's a tough one, too. And maybe I'm going to get some hate mail right now. (laughs) But I would think after a really good clean that you're going to get rid of all the allergens. Nope. Really severe, yeah, allergy people are like... it's. it's So then if, if there's the perfect house for me, but they've had cats in the house and I'm allergic to cats, I just can't buy that house? You have to remove it, like it you remove, take you remove the carpeting. all the textiles and things. Yeah, the right? poorest services. So it's just like getting a smoker's house. It, it's like I have to do a well, really. It's, it's, it's mitigated a lot easier than than smoke damage. Yeah, but uh, but no, it can be. Yeah, it can just be because it's it's there's just constant things in a couch. You bump up against a couch, it's releasing sort of you know dander or whatever. Right. No, but my point is they're not buying the couch. Like, is it worth? But sometimes they can't even really go in um, because of that. Yeah. That's a, that's a rarity, right? So, but it's, I mean, it's worthwhile to tell the agent if you're like, if you're pretty allergic to pets, because I don't consider that when I walk into these homes. I, I have never thought about that. Like I, and maybe I just have never had somebody with that severe of an allergy. Um, I've, I've never considered that when booking showings. Um, 
it's an interesting interesting thing to think about. Yeah, I mean, it would be a pretty terrible way to start living in your home. You know, that first week where it's just, right. you're just sneezing and stuffed and congested all the time. Like, you know, you got big puffy eyes and you just, how do I get rid of this? I bought this home and this is where I'm supposed to live all the time now. Right. Um, you may not remember, but when I bought the townhouse that I'm in now, like Jeff, that I you, sold you. Jeff was <laughs> Jeff was the listing agent. And as we wrapped it all up, I, I put a provision in the contract to have the carpets cleaned. Right. And, and I said to Jeff, like, hey, can you make sure those carpets are cleaned after and, and he replied back well they're they're pretty clean the sellers know the carpets are quite clean what is your concern and i yeah. said well liz and i are both allergic to cats right so while the place is empty we'd like it to get a a once over yeah. to try to reduce that because they had one or two cats in the house they at were the time. big pet people yeah yeah so I think one or two cats there. Did it so work? We had no problems once we went in, right? And we're not super allergic though, but you know, it was just nice yeah. to take that opportunity while it was empty to try to... Well, and my memory of it was that the sellers did take that request seriously. Like once it was explained why, they... So I'm sure they did a good job. Right. <laughs> like yeah. It, uh, yeah. Yeah. So um, like we deal with condos and the kind of the standard bylaws we see a lot of times, well, the very sort of the loosest would be two dogs or cats combination of um, sometimes though you get some of the strata buildings, we get this, you know, down on the key and other places around new West where they're limiting potentially a height or a weight. Um, how often have you guys come across, you come across buildings, Jeff, that have like actually measuring pets. Like they have a rule about measuring they pets have, they, or they're actually, there's a restriction and, and whether or not they're actually policing it or not. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the thing with all bylaws is, Somebody has to complain for it to get enforced, right? So I've never ever seen somebody actually get out measuring tape. But if somebody looks at that dog and is like, hey, that isn't X number of inches to the shoulder, unless you can prove that it's not. I, we, I've, seen, I've seen a couple, there's been a couple of different times. Um, one in, in particular that had, uh, they want you to kind of like register your pet in a way. Like you're moving into yeah. this house. You always have to. Yeah, mo- mo- yeah, I think most. Well, let's go back for just one second because you mentioned the most common is the two pet bylaw, and one thing I think e- we should talk about is even that's the most open that you're going to see typically. Yeah, yeah. That, that's worth talking about. Like even a building without, like that says pets with no restrictions. Am I allowed to have three pets? No. Can you tell our listeners why? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I don't know if there's like a default rule. I just know that I've, I've just never come across where you can have more than two. I've never seen it either. Except in my strata. <laughs> you might find like a yeah, self-managed building that's not... Uh... Yeah. We, we have very liberal uh, pet bylaws. Well, and, and so I have heard, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, listeners, but I've, I've heard that a lot of the cities, it's actually a city bylaw that in condos you can only have two pets. Oh. Um, that it's not like so that they couldn't even now I might be wrong on that. That's just something I've been told. This is hearsay. <laughs> so if I'm wrong, uh, feedback at morealestateshow.com. Let me know. Um, Some municipalities, they can have breed, breed yeah. restrictions too that aren't uh, necessarily condo specific, but the actual municipality. But I think it's important that when you're list- looking at listings, even if it says pets allowed without restrictions, chances are that means two pets. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. yeah, that should be your baseline assumption. Yeah, yeah. So if you're if you're a real pet person and you've got two dogs and a cat, mm-hmm. you know there are some situations where that works, but it is very very limited. Yeah. So I mean, tell your buyer's agent, 
early on in the process, if uh, obviously they're going to be asking you if you have pets, but uh, there's, it seems like there's a decent mix of buildings around town that have limits on size, size or number, right? I, I would say the majority have some sort of limit on, like, it's more common in New West to have a size restriction on dogs than not. I, I keep a list of the buildings that allow big dogs, because when you get a big dog buyer, they're very limited. Yeah, it, that, it's a tough, it's just tough at that point because, yeah, you're like, well, we're going to cut out 70% of the buildings. Yeah. And then it just makes me angry to tell them that because the size of the dog has nothing to do with its behavior. Oh, one thing that frustrates me to no end is I've owned one, two, three, four, five, six dogs. Five of them were large dogs. One of them could fit in my wife's purse. Want to guess which the most badly behaved <laughs> one was? <laughs> like, I loved her, but Sadie, my, my last dog who came with my wife, was so much more badly behaved than the labs and the retrievers and the German Shepherd that I had. Yeah, and, and it, it, I think, to be fair, it's not actually about the size of the dog. It has everything to, to do, well, not everything, but a lot to do with just how it's raised like what type of environment it's in. Small dogs though can have small man syndrome where they're just they're afraid, so they bark, they bark more as a protection mechanism. I I think there's a, a couple things happening. I think uh, Jer's dog and my last dog, like these are breeds that do tend to be high anxiety dogs, right? And high anxiety dogs tend to be not as well behaved. And then the other thing I think comes from uh, what you're saying, human training. The stakes of a badly behaved small dog are so much lower than a badly behaved large dog. Like if my German Shepherd was jumping up and going crazy every time somebody saw them, like that's a major problem. Whereas my little Maltese Poodle kind of runs around and barks when somebody comes over. I mean, it's annoying, but it's not, oh, we're terrifying our guests that they're going to die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, so you go to an extra level of, of training to, yeah. to, to reduce that behavior, right? So anyway, uh, sidebar. Yeah, we, and we've had experiences in the past where um, someone was purchasing a property and there was a, it was a limit on, on pets, um, but they were, you know, fairly reasonable strata that with this one person, we, you know, we were, they found a property they wanted to buy. There was a limit. They obviously had one extra of, of said animal, but the animal was, was quite elderly and it was, you know, on borrowed time. <laughs> the elderly let's, dog subject. Yeah. <laughs> dog or, or cat, but it was, it was, you know, it was, it was on borrowed time and it wasn't, um, it wasn't going to be, be with them for, for very much longer. And they made a concession there and allowed them to, to have that, that pet as long as they understood that you're not replacing it. Yeah, that seems to be the most common reason Stratas let you break the bylaws. Yeah, so yeah. that could be something to um, talk to your agent because it could be that you know the place you do love might have that restriction, but it might not be as black and white as just a no-go. There could be ways of getting around it potentially. What, what can we tell listeners about the lifestyle of having a pet in strata? Is there a certain type of strata unit that you think is better suited to a pet? Like if you can give them advice and say, oh, you tell me you've got a dog. Ground floor. Ground floor. I, uh, if it has a walkout. Yeah, for sure. Which not not always the case. Like a lot of places down on the key, yeah, they don't actually point. have, you're, you're kind of boxed in there. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really missed, I went from townhouse to condo on the third floor to back to townhouse. And that in-between time when I had to take Sadie 
downstairs, out the door, come back up. Like, oh man, ground floor wa- walkout mm-hmm. is so much nicer. So it was a real exercise. I was like, okay, time for your pee. Like this, you have we to pee now. Up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not just open the door and be like, go outside, come back. And I underestimated it when I made the move. Like I didn't think it would be a big deal because you're like, oh, it takes me five minutes. Like it's, it's not the end of the world. But you know, at two in the morning when the dog is patting you on the arm you're like Ugh. <laughs> well, even just as you close out your day you know it's yeah. 39 o'clock and you're just like okay well before i can feel yeah. like i'm shutting things down i have to shoes on jacket on it's pouring rain outside yeah and we got to go out and do this because yeah. you have to get your opportunity before <laughs> yeah. we all go to sleep or if you have an aging pet and now it's it's maybe he's got bladder issues or whatever and you're like you're waiting for an elevator now <laughs> and you're you know, oh. you've got accidents in common areas because of it. Here's a cautionary tale as well. I had some clients buy a townhouse in Poco, and they had two little dogs, beautifully renovated uh, townhouse, and they put down uh, pee pads because uh, it was on the side of a hill, and even though it was a townhouse, you had to go down all these stairs to get to grass, and it was kind of a pain, and they thought, okay, once in a while, it'll be okay if the dogs use the pee pads. And they used this for years. And then when they sold, uh, there was major damage to their beautiful hardwood floor from those stupid pee pads. <laughs> and instead of getting extra value that they paid for with this beautiful floor, now the floor was a detriment because the buyers couldn't match it. And they were going to have to rip it up and, and replace it. So be be very careful. Like, I know those pee pads seem like a great idea. Um, no, they don't. They're not. <laughs> yeah. No, they don't. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that's a, that's a fair statement, though. Overall, like we talk about, like selling with a pet and getting it out of the home and all the rest of it. But you have to understand, while well, you're living with your pet, it's it's gonna put some extra wear and tear on your home. And and if you just let your dog kind of roam free and have fun, it can really devalue your property. Oh, I did that so harshly. My 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 first place in kits, the first thing we did was rip out all the carpet and put in this beautiful birch. I want to say hardwood, but that's not the right word for birch. Because <laughs> uh, uh, birch is a softwood. And we put down this beautiful, we leveled, we put down the birch. And then uh, we had our little dog walking on it. Click, 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 click. And three years later when we sold, little pock marks all over our beautiful birch floor, which we totally ruined because we didn't know what we were doing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So choose a durable flooring if you're pet people, right? Or understand whatever it is. Or get a puppy before you move. Because the puppies too can be, they go through their chewing, sure, their yeah. chewing phase. So yeah. get that over and done with first. <laughs> like when when we we bought a ground floor walkout at, at the lofts there, yeah. And um, you know, if anyone knows Murano lofts, they've got a lot of Douglas fir there, stairs, everything Douglas fir. Um, and we actually got a dog. We moved there, and there's so many dogs, and we're like, hey, people love dogs here, and we actually ended up buying one just to fit in. Um, <laughs> and. Our little puppy one like one day we came home and she like is every single corner of each stair. So bite into mm. it, make some damage, and not just like let's just see how far this goes. Let's see what the next corner tastes like, and then the next corner. Right. So literally just went as high as high as little Zola could reach. Um, took a chunk out of out of each one of those corners. So um, yeah, that can uh, be something that maybe you could avoid. I mean, it's not always practical, but uh, yeah, yeah. 
Hmm. No, but wear and tear. I mean, yeah, choosing your materials at least maybe choose choose a hard flooring or whatever something right. that you know you can you can sand down when it's time to sell. And I think that's a really worthwhile upgrade. Like if if it's time to sell and you've been in your house for 10, 15 years and you've had dogs and like I've got oak flooring in my townhouse and it's holding up really well to the dogs. My both my dogs are like 60 pounds. Yeah. And we we let them run around and play and stuff and and they scratch the floor, but they scratch the just the glossy top coat. Yeah. They're not gouging the wood. Right. So when the time comes, like we can absolutely you're planning, yeah, you're planning to re- refinish. Them. Yeah, yeah, sand and refinish, yeah. and it'll be fine, right? I mean, that'll work out well, if and we that's, needed to. that's an option with real hardwood. Because yeah. the, the engineered stuff, you get maybe one refinish out of. Probably not, though, right? Oh, no, you can refinish engineered usually a couple times. Two times at the very most, because underneath, it, it's not wood all the way through. No, no, it's uh, there's a, a slab of... Yeah, and it doesn't like water either, so... Yeah. You know, and same thing with laminate. I mean, essentially, it's the same thing, just a different top coat, uh, top layer. But um, yeah, if there's a piece sitting there long enough, like, consider that damage. And the thing with, with these engineered products, uh, be it engineered hardwood or or be it the, the laminate variety, is they're almost like, I want to say seasonal, but the styles are changing so much that... If yeah. you don't have extras, like you're replacing that floor. <laughs> Let if, me, um, let's reverse engineer this for a second. So let's say I want a dog and I want to be able to live in a strata. What are the most common restrictions? Like what size dog can I get where I'm pretty safe? I can still, I can still buy and have lots of choices. I want to say 30 pounds. So th- let's talk about the, the, there's kind of two things. Well, you want I the, think there's you want three, the breed? three things, right? We might have breed restrictions. Yep. We might have weight restrictions, and we might have height restrictions. And usually, that's to the shoulder, but it can be all over the place. The different <laughs> places do do different ways. So what yep. what are our what's our perfect size dog? Well, my gut feeling is uh, is exactly what Jer said. It was thirty pounds. Thirty pounds. And because I was going through it in my head, it was like sixty. No, forty. We see no. like fourteen kilograms. Yeah. Thirty. Yeah, thirty yeah. is probably the most common weight. Height is something that's used at a few stratas. Yeah. But I feel like if you choose a thirty pound dog, you're going it to will probably be you're the going right to height. be close enough within that height restriction that you, yeah. if they want to come complain, you can tell Strata to take a hike. Yeah. There's a couple. Call their lawyer. There's a couple. Of, <laughs> yeah. There's a couple odd ones. Matt told me <laughs> to tell you <laughs> to take go, a hike. Yeah, go. Back. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's a couple like English bulldogs, some the, like the more stocky ones that'll be in the height, but they're they're pushing the weight limit. But right, okay, yeah, you get yeah, your basset hounds. Yeah, I'm gonna put 100 pounds within <laughs> 18 inches of the ground. <laughs> and then, of course, the the breed restrictions. Um, not all some stratas have what they classify as vicious breeds. We're talking about pit bulls, German shepherds, usually Do- Dobermans are in there too, right? Yeah, and it, it, the funny part of that is uh, trends in fears of dogs. Yes. If you had a bylaw written in like the early 90s, it's going to say Rottweiler. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, today, yeah, everybody's yeah. like, Rottweilers are cuddly. I like them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we could do a whole do- show on dog racism. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I think anybody who owns something that falls within that bully breed category and yeah. knows the the... You could argue that my Boston Terrier isn't that because they're yeah there's different kinds of mixes and and they're they're like a bull yeah but they're they, you know it's it, they they know that that can be how they'll be singled out depending on where they go right but that's going to be the most common but breed height size but I'd say if you're around thirty pounds if you're just going for that yeah sort of mid sized dog you're going to be safe right and I think that's that's probably good I mean 
if you're reverse engineering it, sure, the size of the dog, I think for yourself as a, a dog owner and a homeowner is to pay attention to breed norms. I'm right. not a dog expert, but there is a lot that you can say about different types of breeds and their energy levels. And just try not to choose one that's the high energy level one by design. <laughs> Jer. <laughs> My, mine is actually mid-energy. You would describe Zola as mid-energy? She she has her she's maybe like a Jekyll and Hyde because she's well she's it's it's when burst, when she right? sees she like goes. people she knows she's yeah. she's excited to yeah. see to see them. I mean, um, she's not aggressive at all, but she, she she's, she's got her yeah she's got her moments, but usually like Matt was saying, it's it's one hundred percent from like insecurity and kind of a fear. Well, and, and I actually she, your Zola is the is Zola a Boston Terrier. Yes, Zola is the best Boston behaved Boston Terrier I know. Oh, my, my buddy, I feel like I've known others that I was like, I wish my Boston was like that. My buddy Mark has uh, two, and they're exactly the same as Zola. When when you first come in, like they run around, they're like crazy, yeah. but they nip. Oh, yeah. And it's not an aggressive bite. It's like almost like an affectionate one, but they bite you in the bum every, every single time you come over. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> maybe yeah. a load. Yeah. Yeah, I... I I, I've never had small dogs before. We go, we right. got that dog because it was my my wife was apparently we they thought they were all allergic to them, but I think maybe that was just the family saying that they were like we're allergic to pets, <laughs> that was, so that's that why was, we don't have pets. That was their move, uh, <laughs> and then you know you do some allergy testing and like oh I'm actually allergic to cats, right? Uh, and I guess it was hand in hand sometimes when you go to houses that they have a dog and a cat, so you're reacting to the cat, and so it was just a, it was a we used to house it another Boston Terrier. Um, around town here, like mm. friends of ours that had one. It was just, we're like, this is just, just such a lovely dog and no allergies. So that was a safe bet. But we always had like pound puppies. We used to call it, before you called it rescuing a dog, it was, you know, you got one from the pound. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what we, yeah, we always had growing up was like labs, kind of like, you know, dark looking dogs like Hamer. Um, My, shortish hair. We, we did, we wouldn't have called them pound puppies because when I was really little, we lived in Langley and, People just drop their dogs off. Like people get a dog, decide they don't want the dog, and then they just leave it in Langley. That's like a totally a thing. Oh. We got, I want to say, four of our dogs through people just leaving dogs and us taking them. No collar. You put up a sign. Nobody comes, and then eventually you're like, "Well, I like this dog. I guess we're keeping yeah. it." Dad also took the neighbor's dog one time. Oh yeah, this is this is far, in the farmer mick days. Yeah, yeah, neighbor was mistreating his dog. Dad went over, took his dog, and you could tell that the guy really was mistreating his dog cuz he had no objections. <laughs> like just like, okay, Fine, all right, you're, you're not giving it back. All right. <laughs> like, <laughs> just don't tell anybody else. Yeah. Yeah. So, is that pretty much everything that we wanted to kind of go over? There's the bylaws part of strata. Yeah. The lifestyle part of strata. Detached house. If you want a fenced yard, have a good look around. Yeah. Don't don't bring your dogs to open houses. Oh, thanks oh, for that. Yeah. That doesn't happen very often, but when it does. No, but but yeah. sometimes, yeah. I mean, you just it's someone else's house. It's it's a liability. It's well, yeah, yeah, all sorts of things. Just, well, like just you don't said, do it. You don't know if the seller has allergies. Like are they That's gonna right, come yeah. home and yeah. And also what happens if the dog like damage I don't know. Yeah, just as a rule, we I, I don't let people with dogs into open houses. I mean, if you got to see an eye dog, I think that's fair. But uh, the new <laughs> one's like companion dog. Yeah, <laughs> just, I need I need my friend here. Emotional support animal. Yeah, 
cool. yeah, I think that that mostly covers it. I think the idea is that, and we've talked about this on other episodes about strata and bylaws, yeah. strata 101 and 102, uh, but you've got your agent there to be your person to help double check for you. So just communicate what your intentions are with your pets. Yeah. If you have them, if you plan to have one, and let your agent really help you out with that and probably remind them throughout the process a little bit sometimes too. Yeah. You know, cool. All right. Well guys, thank you for listening today. I uh, hope you found that helpful. If you have any questions or feedback, you can send it to feedback at morealestateshow.com or check us out on Instagram at mo real estate <laughs> show. Is that our Instagram at? Yeah. We, yeah. Have, we have an Instagram. We do have an Instagram. I, I surprised Matt this this morning with uh, an Instagram story where right. he was <laughs> not <laughs> lost deep in thought and <laughs> caught a little <laughs> off guard. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. You can see that at, at more ale states how. Ooh, <laughs> that's a throwback joke. Yeah. Um, yeah, and if, if you guys want to get a hold of Matt or Jer, they are at thenewwestguys.com. If you want to get a hold of me, Jeff McLennan, I'm at realestatenewwest.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks. So I've been on a quest to become a less substantial realtor again. And I've been... What do you mean by again? Uh, trying to lose some weight. But this, so this is since like you started and stopped recently? Oh, so in January, yeah, uh, I went on a good run where uh, I lost about 15 pounds. And wow. then, um, then kind of life and health and everything fell apart. And there was, there was some stuff and I got off track and I gained it all back. Oh. Yeah. So uh, I, I started... Last week. Oh, okay. It was a very um, recent reset. Yeah, re- really recent. Like, just started again. Okay. Um, really focusing on getting lots of exercise and paying attention to uh, my fitness pal, just calorie counting. And since I started, I'm down down three pounds, so I'm making good progress. But it was really weird. I went into the gym, and I, I've been going at, at 5 a.m., and the gym was full last week at 5 a.m. <laughs> and it wasn't after New Year's? Like No. And, and I'm like, is there a weird like mid-year, am I part of some collective consciousness where everybody's just deciding? Because normally when I go, there's me and there's there's one other lady who goes around the same time as me. Uh, but, and the guy that goes on the treadmill right beside you. Um, well, anyway, the, uh, there were like seven people in the gym at 5 a.m. Uh, this week. Well, it what's was happening? One, it was hot. So they're wanting to get in before... Before peak heat. Before peak heat. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Then this is before the long weekend? Yeah. Okay. Beach oh, bod. Beach bod. Ah. These are great insights. Fitness Matt. Yeah. Matt's, Fitness Matt knows. Matt's got it. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I think you're bang on that. <laughs> yeah, totally. Do we need to yeah. stop filming Eats? Because I've gotten fatter as well from Eats. Well, you, you can... No, you can join me. We'll keep doing Eats. It's actually eat fitness um, mornings and yeah, sure. If you want to come, uh, you can come and, and then we'll all pay attention to Matt's got a secret fitness project at some point. Yeah. I'm working on some, some local sports and fitness stuff. I'm really sports. excited. The more you tell, 
tell me about it, the more I can't wait for it to happen. <laughs> so I'm, I'm putting, I, I'm giving you social pressure. I, <laughs> <laughs> I thought of it yesterday too. I was like, yeah. ooh, I fell off a little bit. I'd put out my, my request to the other people who are involved and yeah. they sort of haven't taken their next step. So now I need to go push, right. push them. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's up to me now. Well, and, and if it's anything like Eat New West, what I've found and Jared can back me up here, at the beginning, it's like, let us come do this, let us come do this, let us come do this. And now we're at the point where so many people are reaching out to us, we actually can't get to, like, when people there's, are like, yeah, come, come do us. And we're like, yeah, okay, maybe sometime in the next two months. We'll <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, which is obviously uh, got to be a gratifying feeling, right, from going yeah. like this fear of starting and hoping you're doing it right totally. to being asked to, to show up at all these places. So yeah, my fitness thing is uh, less about maybe encouraging specific fitness stuff. Cause I'm not like a personal trainer. I think it's easy to tell people how to eat right. <laughs> when sure. you're, when you're eating for delicious flavor, <laughs> <laughs> eat new West is probably <laughs> a little easier. Yeah. Easier thing to commit to. Yeah. Eating. But my, my fitness commitments are about being active on a very regular schedule. Yeah. And, and that, that helps keep me on track. Beach bod. Not exactly. 